Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. In this series, we talk about what's your move. Uh, before we got into what you and I, officially, our move is, is what we had to say is the first thing. The first thing that we have to do is we have to let the Spirit move in, right? That's the first move. And so we talked about that last week of allowing the Holy Spirit to move in and not only into this house, uh, but into our lives so he will lead our lives. We want to be spirit-led in everything that we do. And we read through some scripture last week where uh, the Apostle Paul was talking to the church of Corinth and he goes, aren't you just living like people of the world? Like he's like, what's the difference between you and people of the world? And so it was amazing. It's a great study that we did. If you missed it, uh, first of all, you missed out. I was really good. And so <laughs> we have the videos up, though, on YouTube and on our, on our website as well. But uh, you can follow through with that and seeing what that looks like in each of our lives. Uh, but today, before we get into that, I will tell you that we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. So Bible, Bible believers, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be hanging out. I saw this survey Check this out. 5,000 pastors, 5, pastors across the United States were asked the greatest needs were in the church. Interesting enough, of those 5,000, 98%, 98% said the number one or the number two need or priority was to get people involved in doing the work of the ministry. 98% of getting people moving into mission. Not about drawing crowds, but moving into mission. Because look at what uh, James Smart, I love this quote from James Smart in uh, his book, Rebirth of Ministry. Uh, I think it's on the screen too. It says, Jesus was not satisfied in having a succession of audiences to which he might proclaim his gospel. He was interested primarily in having disciples in whom and through whom his ministry would be multiplied many times over. See, that's what Jesus was into. Jesus, Jesus wasn't into the crowds. The crowds came, and that was fine, and he took care of the crowds. When they were waiting for him, he took care of the crowds. Jesus' primary thing was pouring into those few people that were around him so that they could take that work and multiply it, and that, that they could then pour into others, and then they could pour into others. And there we have the amazing Christian church that we have today around the globe because of that method. It's the Jesus method. It's the Jesus model. And that's what you and I should be following, right? We did that series, just like Jesus. Like everything in our lives, what we want to do is do just like Jesus. And this was his model that he laid out for all of us. And so for us here at Faith Center, uh, we have a clear mission statement. Like this is the, what God has called us to do. And the, and the first part of that is to help people to know God. There are people that do not know God. They're far from him, uh, whatever that looks like it. And we want to help them to know God. We want to help them to reconcile that relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so we want to help people to know God. Like that's a, that's a big deal to me. I want to see that happen in people's lives because what are we living here? We're just eating, breathing, taking up space and dying, right? Like we need him in our lives. And so I, I want that in your life. I want that in every single person that I ever come across. I want them to know God. The next thing is find freedom. From there, I want people to be able to find freedom. There are things in our lives that hold us back. Um, there are things in life that are binding to us right? There, there is bondage that we can get into, but Jesus has come to set you free. 
And so I want you to find freedom in that. And so there's many things that we do here at Faith Center to help people to be able to find freedom. And then from there, and only after you find freedom, can we now begin to discover purpose. And so now we're going to begin to look at your spiritual gifts, your personality, your experiences, and all of these different things that make up your shape, right? Not your, not your physical shape. I'd be doing pretty good. That <laughs> uh, makes up your shape that leads us in a direction of mission for you, a personal calling. And God has that personal calling for you in your life. And we want to help you discover what that purpose is. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And we want to help you do that because at that point, then we can move out into mission, which is in making a difference. All right, we take what God has created and put in us and we go out and we do it and we make it. That is our Jesus model. We're just following what he did with the disciples and we're multiplying it many times over to see the lives of people change and that's what we want to do. And so here in Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're hanging out. Jesus, or Paul talks about the responsibility, right? He begins to talk about, okay, here's, so, so folks got some responsibility here. And he says, the pastors and other leaders, you have the responsibility to your congregation. And so it begins in verse 11. But before we do that, I want to pray over what we receive. Will you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And open our ears and our eyes and our hearts so that we can hear you, Lord, that we can be led by you. Father, I pray that what it is that we read today, that your word will drop a seed within us, Father, but that that seed will take root. And I speak that now in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11. If I can find it on mine. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith, in the faith, and in the knowledge of of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure and the fullness of Christ." Paul says, if we're going to equip the folks to do the work of the ministry, then here, as a result of that, then the people will do the ministry. And then watch watch what happens in verse 14. Then, you see there's a connective here. Once the pastors and leaders, they do that part, then watch what happens. Uh, We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there and by every wind of teaching And by, check this out, and by the cunning and craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. Anybody see that happening around them? Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body, say mature, mature, of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does the work. Mm, mm, mm. The Apostle Paul says, check this out, the Apostle Paul says that the moment that I, pastor, staff, 
leaders equip you to do the work of the ministry, to be, do the work of service, to mission that God has called you on and us together as a unit, then he says, there, then there will be maturity. There will be edification and there will be growth. Paul teaches here that it's clearly the pastors, the leaders that are to equip the people to do the work. So this is amazing because when Kathleen and I were talking to our Foursquare, our denomination and the leadership there about coming here to Faith Center, and then we were having the conversations even uh, with the council and stuff before we came, what they were basically asking me to do to come here was to get you to do the work. That's a great job. I like how only four of you were like, the rest of you were like, oh, where's he going with this? Hold on. Hold on a minute. What's he talking about? That's why I've titled this message, Let the Pastor Move Over. Let the Pastor Move Over. In fact, until the pastor and the staff, the leaders, until they equip the congregation to do the work of the ministry and that they move out of the way and let the people move forward, the church will never be all that it could and should be. It's about the people of the congregation. And so here's the first thing for those of you that are taking notes uh, or it's in your outline, I want you to write this down. Here's the first one. It is the responsibility of the pastor. Or you could say one of the responsibilities of the pastor is to equip the congregation for the work of the service. Like that's a part of my job. So this morning I want to kind of take an in-depth look at what this equipping means, uh, and how are we going to do it. So equip, by the way, is a very interesting word. Uh, The first time that we actually find it is in the New Testament, in the Greek. Uh, It's associated with Peter and John and James and Andrew, and these guys are fishermen. And one day Jesus comes by, and these guys are sitting, uh, they've done fishing, and they're sitting on the shore And Jesus comes, and maybe you've read this before, but Jesus comes to him and he says these words, this sentence. He says, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of people, fishers of men. That's what Jesus says to him, to those four guys. Now, the Bible says that these four were sitting there mending their nets. This is what they were doing. My net is under here. They're mending the nets. Do you guys know what that's all about? Mending is to repair something. Mending is to make something complete again, make it whole again, or to make it sound again uh, so that it's usable, that you can use it. Um, So there are things that are not, well, they either can't be used or they won't be used well or to its exact purpose that it should be used. So it takes mending to get it to happen. So with the fishermen, what would happen is these guys would go out and they'd grab this great big hole, they'd throw the nets out, and they'd pull in all of these fish, and they'd have this great big uh, haul, and they'd come back, and they would dump it all out, and guess what's happened because of the weight and everything? Now it's torn, um, it's stretched out, maybe there's some holes in it, maybe some of it's come unbound, and so they would spend however much time, I'm guessing hours upon hours, of just mending the nets and getting it back together again. And when these guys are doing that, and Jesus rolls up on them, I could just imagine that he is envisioning, looking at these guys, 
as they're mending the nets. And I could just envision him seeing his future disciples and that they would be able to bring healing into people's lives who have been worn and torn apart by conflict and tragedy to mend it back together in Jesus' name. The thing about mending the nets is it's tedious and detailed work. And it takes time and patience. And so this word, mending, in the Greek, is the same word that Paul uses here in this, in verse 12 of what we just read. And he says that we are to equip or mend. We, you see that? We are to equip them. We are to make it sound. We are to break it whole, to make it complete to what God's purpose is for that person. Are you guys tracking with me? Quiet up in here. Come on, talk back, church. So with that in the background and understanding the root meaning of equipping, which is mending, and how it relates to the pastors and the leaders of the church and equipping the people of the church to do the work. There's three pictures that comes to mind when I think about this mending and those fishermen. And so for those of you that are taking notes, here's the first one. I want you to write this down. Here's the first picture. It's a continual process. It's a continual process. Fishermen never quit mending their nets. It is never completed. Every day after fishing, they bring in their nets and they look at them. And of course, the fish in the hole have torn them and so they have to mend them again. There's never a day when they come to their nets and they go and they mend them and go, well, that's good. I'm done. I'll never have to do that again. There will never a day like that. Every single time that they go out to fish, every single time they have to come back and mend the nets. It's a never-ending process. Mending nets, check it out, is always under construction. Equipping people is always under construction. It's always that way. There's never a time when you are totally equipped or totally discipled. The work of the pastor is to equip the people. That work is never done. It's continuous. It's a job that we constantly have, but it's important if the church is to be the church. Here's the second picture. The second picture is it's for the purpose of work. The mended nets, by the way, are not for display. Okay, <laughs> they're not. Like, it's not like you're going to go hang them up on the wall now and like, look at those beautiful mended nets. That's not at all what the purpose of that is for. They mend them so they can go fishing again. That's what happens. So here, I want to do something a little bit different with you guys today. Uh, I want us to just get together, just little groups, little groups of three or four people or whatever, and I want you to, get, and I want you to answer this question just amongst yourselves. You can write it down or, or just talk about it for a few seconds. Uh, why do you attend church? Why do you do it? I want you to write, I want you to write some things down, and then we're going to talk about it. Meanwhile, I have some Jeopardy music playing. I don't know how it goes. Why do we attend? Just write it down. Okay. 
I'm sure you've come up with some amazing, amazing responses. My guess is, is when we're done with this, you're going to come back and go, my list was better than your list. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. But I have a few of them, and I want you to write these down. Write these down. Maybe you'll see if any of them match up. Why do you attend the church? Here's the first one. I want you to write this down. This is not all of them, but we're, this is what we're going to talk about today. Prayer and praise. That's why. We come together corporately. That's actually a call in Scripture for the body to do, to come together, to come together corporately for a time of worship and prayer. We do this together. Here's another reason why we come, to, for personal growth, for personal growth. We, we come so that we can grow in our spiritual walk and, de- and development with Christ as we study the Word of God. We, we can't get the, the personal growth, the discipleship from self-help books, okay? Those can be cool, but this is where it comes from. And it's Holy Spirit-led while we're reading through this. And then here's the next one. I want you to write this down. Another reason why we come is to pass it on. You see, we take what we have learned and we pass it on to others. And so here's some stuff that I have for you. Uh, I think it's on the screen. Um, I didn't put it in your outline, but you can write it down. But I want you to see, we want to follow the Jesus method, the Jesus model. And there's some times in the church where we don't do that. And here's what I want you to see. Here's one of them. You can write this down if you want. If not, it's fine. When we receive without giving, we become fat. Bunch of spiritual porkers. Like, that's what's happening. Can't push away from the table. Just like, mmm, this is good. Mm. And we're just eating, man. We're just showing up to church. We're going to Bible studies. We're just like doing all of this stuff. We're just eating. Mm. Oh, oh, so good, the Word of God. And, right? And we're just doing this with everybody. We're just like, ah. And, but, we, but we're never giving. We're never giving. Just getting there, just chubbing it up. Here's another one. Watch this. When we give, all right, so you are out there giving, and you're giving, and you're giving, and you're doing all the things, and you're just going at it 100%, man, I'm just giving everything I've got, but you are not receiving, you're going to grow faint. You can't live that lifestyle. You see, neither one of these are a Jesus method. You can't live that way. If you live that way, you are going to burn out. You will crash and burn if you're just giving and giving and giving and never receiving or barely receiving. And can I just tell you all, folks, man, I love you coming here on Sunday. Sunday ain't enough. Are you tracking with me? So I don't want you to become burnout. I don't want you to be faint. Here's the Jesus model. When we receive and then we give, we become faithful. And that is his ultimate plan for us all. So how do we do it? How do we pass on? How do we pass it on? I I got this acronym for you for the word pass. Write these down. Here's the P stands for prospect. Who needs what I have learned? Who needs it? Who needs to hear the message? We got to ask ourselves that when we hear it. Who could really use this? Now, follow with me. This could get a little dangerous, okay? Because you could be whatever throughout the worship set and the spirit is moving and, or, or it's during the sermon, or whoever is speaking, and you could be sitting there going, man, I wish Jim was here, man. Jim really needs this message, man. I, 
I wish he was here so he could hear this. I can't believe he didn't come today or he wouldn't come with me or whatever. That is a very dangerous attitude because the first thing whenever we are worshiping and doing, the first thing that the message of the word of God needs to apply to is who? Yourself. You have to apply it to yourself before you can give it away. Remember, remember, I told you about being faint. I don't want you to be faint. I don't want you to burn out. So you have to receive of it. And, can, and, and honestly, the only way that anybody will ever really truly be able to embrace the truth that you are passing on is if you have absorbed it yourself. Because if it ain't in you, it ain't coming out right. The A stands for action. When will I pass this on? When will I take this action step? When and where is the opportune time? Hey, this goes back to last week and why it was so important. We got to pray about this stuff. We got to pray about it. We have to be spirit-led and allow the Holy Spirit to open up these doors and these things for us. Uh, Before the first service, somebody was telling me uh, about all these opportunities that were just opening up to him. And it was absolutely amazing. He was just sharing with me like, man, I'm talking to these guys. I'm so excited in Christ right now and the things that he's doing in me and in my life. And I'm just thrilled with what he's doing. And, and, and it's unbelievable that all these people are asking me about it. And that's the Holy Spirit that is creating and opening up these things. We have to ask the Lord for that. And then the S is to share. How will I share it? How will I do that? This is where cultivating real friendship comes into play. You pass it on to your friends uh, of the truth that you've been listening to, the truth that you have in your life, right? That's where the importance of a real cultivated relationship with somebody is. Because what happens is it's not like you're out there beating them over the head, right? Like you need this and you need that. It's not about that. Or you, you see the mistakes that they're making in their life and you're just like, duh, right? Like, dude, if you would just do this and you've got some biblical principles that they could apply to their life and their life would be better and you just want to slam them with it. Like, come on, bro, you know what I'm talking about. They're talking about this and the word. And they, don't, they won't receive that unless the spirit is in it. And the first thing that you have to do is cultivate a friendship that they want to hear that from you, that they trust you, that you have their best interest. So it takes that. And then the last one, the last S, is show it. Will I back it up with my life? Will I back it up with my life? Is my life an example of what I'm supposed to be passing on? Remember what we talked about last week? Do you guys remember this? We looked through the scripture and what Paul said. He says, aren't you guys just living like people of the world? Like, can you back it up? Because if you can't back it up, can I just tell you right now, the people of the world will be quick to call you and the church phonies if you can't back it up, if you're just living like people of the world, which is why we have to have the spirit first. Do you see these dudes come up here? You guys think they're praying? Like, Lord, help Joe not speak too long. Last service was long. And they're praying. Coming to church is like getting into a football huddle. That's what it's like. 
you get into a football huddle and the guys are in here and, the, and their play is being called and the plan is going out, the strategy is happening, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to uh, move forward, and this is our mission. And their mission is they're going to try to get increments of yardage, all right, to get all the way down to the end zone. And so, they need, and so they'll, do a, they'll get in the huddle and they'll come up with a plan and a strategy and then they'll take that out to the field and they'll get like, six yards, and then they'll do another one, and they'll get like eight yards, and then they'll do another one, and it'll be like negative three, right? Like that happens. You ever been to a bad church service? <laughs> I ain't going back there. Negative three yards. Then they, then they throw for 15 yards, and then, and then they get 56 yards. Like it's incredible. They come together in this huddle, and they come up with a plan, and then check this out. Each and every one of them break huddle, and then they go to their position, their role, and they play it together as a team. They play it together, and each person has to play their role for there to be any success. Because if one person doesn't do their role, it could be a zero gain or a negative gain. Every person has to play their role. And so these guys are getting it, and they're getting out to the field, and they're going to go make it happen. Folks, coming to church is like getting in the huddle and getting your play and getting your plan and getting your mission and your strategy. And then, check this out, you go out to the field, and you play. And we do it together as a team, face center. We're team face center. We rock. Two people. We rock. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Faith Center is an incredible team. But guess what? Every Christ-loving, Bible-believing church is on your team. We're all on the same team. We got a rocking team. The team of Jesus Christ around the globe. But for there to be success, every single part has to play its role. We can't just not do it. We can't just come to the huddle. Check it out, folks. Come on now. Who wants their toes stepped on today? Some folks be like, let's go to the huddle. Let's go get in the huddle. Man, this is a cool-looking huddle. Look at these guys. Big, strong dudes. Get, this, get up in this huddle here. I don't, I don't fit right in there. <laughs> people, people are coming to a huddle and then it's time to break huddle and go out and execute their play on the field. By the way, where's your field? Your field is where you are. Where are you? That's your field. Your sphere of influence. That's your field. These, these people are coming and getting to the church and they get into the huddle and they go, oh, that's awesome. Where's the next huddle? I need another huddle. I'm going to go to this huddle. I'm going to go to that huddle. I'm going to go to this huddle. And we're right back to where we started, spiritual porkers. And they're not out there getting in the game, doing what God has called them to do. All right, you guys can break huddle. <laughs> Here's the third one. It's an extension of the equipper's work. And those fishermen are mending nets. They know that they're going to have success 
It's going to extend their probabilities. It's going to extend their success. The nets, the nets are going into places that they cannot go. The, the nets are going to grab fish that they could not get without the nets. Is an extension of their success of what they are doing. So the people of the church can be extension of the ministry and the mission of the church. And so we've got a goal, and it's in your outline, and I put it up on the screen, and I want us to read it out loud together. Can we read the goal, the Sundays at our church? Can we read the goal? Right here, I want to start with the words different people. Are you ready? Go. Different people with different backgrounds, using different gifts at different times in different places to meet different needs. That's the goal. It takes every single one of us. It takes us all. It's an incredible team. We have an amazing team here at Faith Center. But my prayer today is that if you're not plugged into one of these incredible teams, that you will. That you'll find that fit. That's why Next Steps is such a big deal that you'll find the fit. We will help you discover purpose. It is our mission. It is a deep passion of Kathleen and I's. I want you living your best life. Your best life is living what God has called you to do. It may have nothing to do with the church walls. Maybe your mission is outside the walls. Your mission is on the other side of the globe. Your mission is in another place. I want to help you get there. That's all I care about. And go make a difference. But maybe it's here. Maybe it's here. I want that for you. I want that for you. That is my prayer for you. We've got these amazing people. Like, have you guys ever seen our incredible worship leader, Meg Ruiz? Here's the thing about uh, the pastor getting out of the way and letting the people move forward. And here's the deal with, with Meg. Uh, she is an amazing worship lead, but also just a leader. And uh, she doesn't need me to do what she needs to do week in and week out. She knows what God's call is. She knows the gifts. She knows the talent. She knows the abilities that she has and what God has called her to do. And she doesn't need me to do that. She can do it all on her own, because that's what God has created her to do. Now, we will collaborate because we want to be on the same team together. So we're going to do that because we're on the team, and we're going to do that together. But Meg would also be the first one to tell you it's not about her, that it's about this incredible worship team, multiple people across this church and even outside of the walls of this church that make the worship happen week in and week out which is amazing. Amanda Guy is our production lead as well as many other things. You could wave to her. She's in the sound booth today. You can even see her today. She didn't want to come up here on stage though. She's incredible in leading this team. All the things that you see happen, all of the media, the video, the audio, like all the things that are happening, all the technical stuff, stuff way over my head, she doesn't need me 
but we collaborate. And what Amanda would tell you, what Amanda would tell you is, it's not about her either. It's about this amazing, it takes a big group of people. If you've ever thought, man, I would love to like work cameras or do social media or something, see Amanda, write it down on the connect card and say, I want to help with that stuff. This stuff is cool. I want to do this stuff. It's amazing. How about our ushers and greeters? You guys like them? Pretty cool, pretty cool group, right? Making it happen. What about all the volunteers in Kids Zone, Children's, Youth Ministries, loving on our kids? But I'm just telling you right now, we cannot love on our kids and care for our kids without the people playing their role and being a part of those ministries and connecting with those kids and loving on those kids and raising them up in the ways of the word. It takes a team. We break huddle and we go out and we play and we do what God has called us to do.